What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Once again, everybody, thank you for coming for episode number two with the three-point stance with Sean Smith and the number one Bengals fan, Drew Garrison. Today, we're going to talk about free agency, the NFL draft, and a little bit of the Jawan Howard incident. So let's just jump right into it, Drew. Um, How you doing, man? I'm, I'm, I'm healing from that Super Bowl loss. I'm, I'm, it's, the sting's starting to go away a little bit. It's starting to go away a little bit? Just a little bit? A little bit. I've rewatched it like four times. Oh man, that means you're a super fan. Then. I mean, you still, <laughs> you still blaming the refs? Just let me know. Are you still blaming the refs or no? Well, see, that's the thing. After I watched it back a little bit, I'm never gonna be okay with those calls. I'm never gonna be not like not very upset. But when I watch the game, I'm like, man, there's a lot of stuff the Bengals could have done to not be in that position. Exactly, man. That's what I was trying to tell you. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, though, it's just. It's good. It was it was a good Super Bowl. Uh, on to the next. With that being said, we have the NFL draft coming up here uh, soon in April. But right now we have the combine coming up. So that's that's in like a week, week right? Uh yeah, I believe that's ne- actually that's next week. Guys leave next week. Yeah. Though, starting um, March third, I believe it's from March third through the eighth. I believe if I'm not mistaken couple of five days. That sounds about right. It's going to be some interesting prospects, uh, some top some top guys. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I wonder who you're thinking the Bengals going to draft. Well, see, it's weird with the combine coming up because I, I saw a report yesterday. And I can actually pull it up. I saved it because I knew I wanted to talk about it today. It was it was a tweet. Oh, I, I, I already know what you want to talk. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about guys protesting and boycotting the combine. Yeah. The bubble for players, which is, I think, is total BS because how are you going to expect the players to be in a bubble, but the GM's going to be out later on meeting with agents, talking, discussing. The combine is where everything goes down as far as future trades, <laughs> business. Just oh, everything. yeah. You know what I mean? So how you how you going to tell the players they can't go nowhere, but the agents, the coaches, and the scouts are going to be all around Indy meeting. In, right, going in, to in dinner. Houston. Going to dinner, conversating, even having drinks. <laughs> you know, they have right. the, the truth. So I, I'm wondering how many guys, like of the big name guys that that we think of, are are, are going to skip that. Now I know you work with a lot of players and prospects. Do you have any of your guys going to the combine? 
Yes, we have two actually going. Well, three. Three out of four guys are going to the combine. Derek King, the quarterback from Miami, quarterback slash wide receiver. Um, Aaron Hansford, linebacker from um, Texas A&M. And Jaden Peavy uh, from Texas A&M, the defensive lineman. So, um, as of right now, our guys are scheduled to go and compete. We're not – it's the big agencies. I don't want to say big agencies, but it's the agencies that's got – uh, 15 man draft class like athletes right. first or uh, um, who else? Clutch management. I think they got a lot of people, you know what I mean? It's a couple of b- bigger agencies that have a lot of guys going. I, I, I understand you got to stand for something, you know what I mean? It's like having a little mini lockout, <laughs> right? But that that's the, that's the thing that I was kind of thinking about with that is because I almost feel like most of the players that you'll see like protest it and not go are the guys who can afford to do that because their draft stock's so high, like the big guys. But, you know, the the, the guy that, that may be going in the third round but got a combine invite, he's going to be more apt to go deal with the bubble, whether it's, you know, however they do it, because he's got to go prove himself. But you got guys like Aiden Hutchinson, for example, because I'm a, I'm a Michigan fan. So Aiden Hutchinson, he's going first or second in the draft. So if he yeah, doesn't hey, go to the combine, I don't think anybody I, I cares. Don't know I don't know him. if he's – I, you you like him? You think he's good? I love Aiden Hutchinson, man. man. Hutchinson and and Bravo. Uh, that was a bad. That was I a like bad the other duo. kid. I like the other kid, and I'm not being funny. I just feel like he's overrated. Hutchinson's overrated. Him and the kid from I, Purdue. Him and the, I feel like they just no offense. They just try hard guys. He would never that, that be He had never be a Joey Bosa. You don't think? I think he's gonna be pretty good. I think, but he's gonna probably end up in Detroit. Yeah, you know what? That's another thing. It depends where he goes to. The reason I said that is because I look at uh, who was it? I was just having this conversation the other day too about a defensive end. He had all the hype and then it didn't do nothing when he got to the league. You know what I mean? I, I can just a few of those. <laughs> well, we yeah, we can actually. We can't. <laughs> a lot of guys like that, you know, that don't live up to the hype. I mean, the interesting thing is just to see how how it plays out with the combine because you're going to have guys going in there with a hype and then guys leave out of there with a hype. And like you said, the big guys, big bigger name guys have more time to they, – they could pull a, they could pull a trump card, their joker, and say, nah, I don't feel like doing it. You know what I mean? Because you have a big name status. Everybody's going to come to your pro day. That's just like, for instance, right. we got guys in Texas A&M. Texas A&M, I think, is one of the schools that had the most guys invited to the combine from one school. You think all 32 guys, all 32 scouts and GMs is not going to come to their pro day? Well, yeah, and you've gotten into a world now where guys are quarterbacks, for example. I'm not going to throw at the combine. I'll throw at my pro day. I'm not going to run the 40 at the combine. I'll run my 40 at my pro day. So it's like it's kind of losing some of its luster anyway, but all that really does, I think is it puts more tape out on the guy that that's maybe, you know, the second or third best quarterback in the draft that not everybody was going to watch. Well, he's going to be the one out here throwing now. So I'm going to watch him while I'm here so it can help those guys. But I just feel like people are dudes are coming into the league with like a big sense of entitlement all of a sudden. Yeah, because it's the way they take care of them in college, <laughs> especially in NIL. Right. You know what I mean, guys. Just in general, just it's just they babies and pacify. You know what I mean. And they, they, some of them are not true professionals and ready to handle the NFL. That's why some guys take, take take time to develop. Did Did you go to the combine coming out of college? 
Oh, hell no, I didn't go, man. I, all I had was a pro day. <laughs> I had a pro day, man. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have the combine. Should I got an invite? Yeah, but I'm not worried about it. Because this is one stat I, I can stand on about, about not going to the combine. If, they, if you're good, they're going to find you, all right? Hey, you turned that into a 10-year career. 10-year career. And, and there's a story behind that, too, though. Even with the 10-year career, I outlasted every defensive lineman that got drafted in 2003 draft class. And I didn't get drafted. That's from the Kendall Moorheads, the Jonathan oh, wow. Sullivan, the uh, uh, what was it Kenny King? Uh, who else? Um, Dwayne Robinson, number three overall pick uh, from Kentucky. Uh, man, you, you, Anthony Spice, my man Spice Adams. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a lot of guys that came out of that draft class in 2003. You know I, I love mean? Spice Adams. That dude is hilarious. Oh, he's he's a clown. He's a clown. He's a good dude, though. Real good dude. <laughs> he's a real good dude, though. So you know what I mean. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. So I gotta tell all these guys. You can go to the combine. That still doesn't mean you're gonna get drafted. These guys that go to the combine don't get drafted. And the combine is really more so for your medicals, because the same workouts that you do at the combine, they're doing it at your pro day. It's just TVs and cameras right. there, unless you had a big time school. You know, I feel sorry for the guys that's at. Uh, one of them small rinky-dink schools or NAI school, you got to go have your pro day at a bigger school. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know. Some of those schools in Texas, man, they got to go to a high school stadium for their pro day. Well, yeah, some of them, 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 them small schools, that they, they will have to, like the Texas Westlands or something like that. But You, the you guys got high school stadiums <laughs> down there bigger than – Than colleges. Oh. Than colleges, man. <laughs> right, it, like it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's amazing, though. But, I mean, these people eat shit, sleep, football 24-7 here in the state of Texas. Um, I think Texas so, – so, so, I'm in Ohio, and it's like – you know, it's a fairly big deal. See, I got, I got some trophies back here, man. I got some hardware. I'm a, I'm a championship-winning uh, youth football coach. But it's pretty serious in Ohio. But that Texas level, man, I've seen some of those high school stadiums. It's Some of them are nicer than Paul Brown Stadium. Oh, yeah, and they have an indoor. <laughs> so here we go with the indoor. Everybody's dragging the Bengals because of the indoor, man. man think about it. It's 32 teams in the NFL. How you not have an indoor? How you want to have a productive practice? Yeah, I get the get the, the, the spill you have to play in it, but come on. Man. Well, what a lot of people don't get about that, actually, um, with the Bengals is them not having an outdoor facility or an indoor facility is not really because of Mike Brown being cheap. I know that's the layup. That's the easy way to go. But what happened was when they built Paul Brown stadium in 2000, they put that practice facility and you've, you've practiced on it right there by the highway. The, the County and the city won't give them zoning to put a dome over that right by the highway. So where they messed up was they put their practice field in the wrong spot. Now, if they get an off, off-site indoor facility somewhere, you got to bust the players to it because all the medical stuff's right there. Everything's in Paul Brown Stadium. So yeah. that that's something I, I like to defend Mike Brown on that a little bit. That's not really just because he's cheap. It's just some poor planning went, went into place when they built that stadium. Well, if they won the Super Bowl, they probably would have got it. But, hey, that's another subject. Say that for the next show. Or I, maybe <laughs> not. Maybe not. Mike Brown would be like, shit, I just won the Super Bowl without one. Yeah, but that's the reason why some guys doesn't come, come, come in free agency. <laughs> just be now that. Hey, little old me, nobody. I'm just a regular dude in Ohio. I had Colin Coward in my Twitter mentions about that. 
<laughs> wow. Wow. I, I don't know how Colin Coward found me, though, because I didn't tag him or at him. I just tweeted it out. I was like, I don't like what Colin Coward said. And here's why. And then he found it. So I don't know if he was like at his house just searching his name on Twitter or what. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting. That's, that's interesting. That, that is real interesting. Before we jump into the next topic, though, I want to hit some more on that on the combine. Is there a particular lineman or – but yeah, not even I'm not gonna even say lineman because we know the Bengals need lineman. Is there a particular pos- position that you you hope your team draft? And not an old lineman, we already know that. But another position I, you feel like you guys need help. I personally, if I if I was the person running the sh- running the show in Cincinnati, if I was Duke Tobin, who's basically the Bengals GM, yeah, I wouldn't even be planning on using my first round pick. I'd be on the phone trading it for a good established lineman that I already know is good, like a team that maybe is in a rebuild or has some cap issues and they got to get some money off the books. I'm calling them first. Like, what lineman do you have for this 31st pick? If, because my my thing with the Bengals is I, I don't want any more rookies. For whatever reason, the Bengals have, have not been good at drafting offensive linemen in the last five, six years. They just haven't worked out. So I don't want to do that. I'm gonna take you back to one even one. Andre Smith, were you happy with him? Man, he showed up to training camp with a broken foot because he was out of shape. Now, I'm not trying to knock a player. I'm not trying to knock a guy I don't know, but I just never felt like he really fully invested to being a great offensive tackle. I beg to differ because you know why I say that? Because he still got a 10-year career out of the NFL. Yeah, he kept the Bengals kept bringing him back. He signed back a couple times. He he did, but he was he bounced he bounced around. But for I see what you're saying for a first rounder, you you're supposed to get that long of a career. You know what I mean? But you're supposed to be you're supposed to get that long of a career with one team and being dominant and good at your position. Like that's the way I feel because they kept bringing him back because of injuries and all this stuff. Like. I'm never going to knock a dude that can stay in the NFL for, you know, 10, 11, 12 years. I don't care if they bounce around. I don't care if they start. They're getting their money. They're getting their pension. They're they're they're, they're setting themselves up for a great life, you know, if, if they, they handle everything right. So I'm not going to knock him. But as a first-round pick, that's a dude that I thought was supposed to be, a, you know, just a, a constant good on the line. And then, you know, you got the, you got the, the Jake Fisher's that they drafted. You know, Jonah Williams is – solid at best, but that's the best one they've drafted since Wentworth left. So for whatever reason, they're just not good at drafting offensive linemen, you know, whether it's the scouting department, whether it's developing, whatever. So if I'm running the show, I'm I'm getting guys that are already good on other teams. I'm getting vets and I'm going to run this thing. But if they do draft, if they do keep the 31st pick, I hope it's because they signed good linemen. They went and got a Ryan Jensen. They went and got a Teron Armstead. They went and got a Connor Williams. They went and got a Lakin Tomlinson. You know, some of those guys to fill in the line in free agency. Connor Williams. You like Connor Williams? You talking about from the Cowboys? Yeah. Oh, no. He's you young. Know, man. It doesn't he's matter. He, su- he sucks ass. I don't Carl, think he's that bad watch, from, from what I've seen. I watch him and he plays every week here at Dallas. I watch him. He gets all the penalties, can't handle the bull rush. He has no power. Sucks. <laughs> well, he's if it's any consolation, he was last on my list. The guards that I want would be like a Lake and Tomlinson type guy. And I want Ryan Jensen, the center for, for Cincinnati. But so if they're picking, 
I really think that they need to look at another corner. If, if they address the line in free agency, like I hope they do, and, and they keep their draft pick, I think they need to look for a corner because Trey Wayne's highway robbery for two years. He made like $17 million a year. He played like six games or something. I don't like, you know, something low. Like, it just hasn't worked out. I'm not going to knock the dude. He, he's been hurt. About, they got to worry about Jesse Bates. You know what I mean? He played great this year for you guys. So he's he's coming back. Him. Whether he's on the tag or they sign him to a deal, he's coming back. He'll be in Cincinnati next year. Yeah, because I don't think a lot of teams want him like that, but he's, he's good for the scheme of Cincinnati. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting because it, it's, it's some guys to, uh what's the kid from uh, Oregon? I like the kid from Oregon. I don't know if he's all hype or what, the DN, Thoroughbred, how you say it? Thoroughbred, the kid from Oregon that had all the sacks. Yeah. <sighs> Man, I can't I can't think of how to pronounce his last name last name. I know exactly who you know, but everybody knows who we're talking about. The only <laughs> yeah. guy it's not Thibodeau, is it? it? Something like that. I don't I I don't know, but he's a funny dude to me too, though, because I've seen a couple of his interviews and the way he tried to handle himself. Like he's NFL made ready, but a lot of it's funny seeing a lot of these guys because at the gym they train at these facilities here at Exos. MJP, a lot of guys come to Texas to train for the combine and all that. And seeing them, some of them think it's college still and it's not. I'm like, there's guys that show up late, some guys that show up on time and they don't understand it's a business. So when a GM calls and asks them, how does how is he? You know what I mean? People are gonna tell the truth. You know what I mean? If, if a GM asks me, because I have GM friends, like guys understand, yeah, I work with an agency, but I still have people in the NFL coaching world. So if I seen this kid at the gym and then he's mouthing off or doing certain things, I'm gonna tell this guy, "Hey, so waste of time. It's a turd." And it's sad. Yeah, but I'm gonna be truthful because when I need this scout or GM somebody to answer my question, they're gonna ask me the same thing. What type of person is he? Can can can, can do you trust them? You know what I mean? And that's the biggest thing. Can we trust you? We about to yeah. pay you all this money. Yeah, because if you're running a gym and you're talking to the NFL and you tell them everybody in your gym is going to be a stud and they end up being shit, they're going to be like, well, I'm not going to listen to this guy's opinion anymore. Like, you, yeah, you have to keep it real with them for the business aspect for, for both sides for that relationship to continue. And I think a lot of guys don't get that because they get the NIL money or, you know, they get the Heisman. They get all the hype in college and they come and they think, OK, like I'm that dude. But the the, the NFL doesn't care. Like, the, you better act like this is your job. This isn't. You know, you rolled into practice 20 minutes late, but your coach is going to be okay with it because you're a five-star. and all. Like, no, man, this is the NFL. Right. The gap, like, I've never liked it when people are like, like, you know, the Jags were terrible this year. They're like, oh, would would Alabama beat the Jaguars? Like, no. Like, I, I hate hearing that. The, the gap between the best college team and the worst NFL team is still a big gap. And dudes have to understand that. Like, it's just like, so I, I know some of the high school kids in the program here in, in Ohio that are getting looks, you know, from, from like University of Cincinnati. Uh, there's a couple with offers from Kentucky, Tennessee. These dudes, so, sometimes you got to tell these kids, it's like, look, you're the man here in Dayton, Ohio. As soon as you go to Knoxville, everybody's as good as you, if not better. You're right. This is the truth, though. They don't understand that. It's it's. it's... It's like everybody's good. You think just the only 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 sport here? No. You the only you the only kid stud? No, they're recruiting as many studs as they can. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 stacking their program with that. And I think that pro 
or you know, pro prospects should should approach it with the same way. It's like as soon as I walk into this NFL locker room, everybody here they're out for my job, and everybody here is damn near as good as me. And a lot of NFL teams will or start a second year right tackle. Yeah, yeah, or already better because they've been in the league for five years. Like, so you you have to do that, and that's one of the things I think is weird when you see a guy that that gets to the league. He was that dude in college, but he gets to the league and, and nothing happens. Look at Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel was tearing it up in, in, at Texas A&M. Animal. And he did it all hungover and on drugs. But you get to the NFL and he's upset because he's in Cleveland because Cleveland wasn't good enough for him. So everything just goes downhill. You can't just walk out onto an NFL field and do what you did in college. It's just That's just not how the game goes. No, it's not. It's not. And I'm sure you, you you spent 10 years watching probably a rookie coming in with a big signing bonus and a new chain and a badass car thinking he was the man. And then he gets into that onto that practice field and he's got nothing for it because everybody else has been in the league four or five years. They've been lifting NFL weights four or five years. They've been doing NFL drills four or five years and they're getting their shit rocked. And they don't know what to do. Facts. That is facts, bro. That is facts, man. It's just a better understanding. Um, these guys so moving on, that. moving on to free agency. This is actually something I really wanted to talk to you about because I have the outsider's view of free agency. You know, I follow it on Twitter and talk about who I want my team's team to sign. But as a player, I, I know you've been out of the league for a few years, but as a player, what is it like when you know for certain when the new league year starts? Like, I have to pick my team. Like, do you do you have a top five before it starts? D- do you do it mostly through your agent? Like, what's going through a player's head right now when he's a, he's a free agent? Uh, well, what a free agent means you're gonna be able to. You just better hope that you got another team that likes you. That's the only way you're gonna get paid. That's the way I see it. Because some teams, a team doesn't value you all the time that you play for as another team may value you higher than team you play for you know what i mean um for instance uh not to dwell on the past or nothing like that but when i played for the Bengals, i was a restricted free agent so it was basically like being a free agent because being restricted i wasn't a draft pick so if another team signed me to a contract it didn't matter the Bengals had the opportunity to match it or not if they match it they would have got they they don't get nothing because i wasn't a draft pick so either way it didn't matter so it was like being free so I had a few teams interest, interested in me, and most of the time in free agency, guys end up going to the team that they play at least twice a year in the, in the division. I end up going to Cleveland. Um, I gave Cleveland problems, and I felt like it was a big fit for me, so I ended up going to Cleveland and got a nice signing bonus. Um, more money than I ever seen. You know, I never forget thing was like a signing bonus was two point five. You know, that's that was my whole. Rookie, yeah, you know what I mean. Added my salary because when I came into the NFL, rookie salary was only two thirty-five. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was like, right. wow, amazing to to life changer. Yeah, life changer. So you know to get that to get that money. So free agency is really about the best fit for you, where you could really elevate your game too. Sometimes don't chase the money. You know what I mean? Because I even had another chance at free agency in my career. When I left Kansas City and took the money to go sign with uh, Tennessee, and was like, ah, 
I went to a team that I didn't know no coaches. I knew some players. So when I had my mood swings, nobody on the fucking Titans understood me. So it was like I was miserable there. I hate to say it, but I was miserable. So you have to be careful in free agency. Some guys will choose, like you see when kids choose a college over, they choose a college because of the uniforms. You can't, yeah, it's a business decision. As long yeah. as you have two teams, as long as you have two teams that want your services, you have leverage. Because somebody's going to outbid it, it becomes a bidding war and let you know how teams really value you. And that's what you want. You want you want your true value because you're always compared to somebody else. And it, it seems like now it's different because we have the legal tampering period, which is really just free agency starting three days earlier. And you you know, you usually the that. league year will start at four. You have that, but then you also think about it too. You got the combine, <laughs> trades going working on, you know, agents representing guys on other teams. So it, it, it's just so much. I mean, it's tampering all the time, I feel like. It just don't get caught or get reported. Well, yeah, and they probably don't want to report it because the league knows that it's good for business to keep it in the rumor cycle. Like, if we're all sitting around right now, nothing's going on, Super Bowl's over, Combine's not going on, and Adam Schefter comes out with a tweet to my phone that talks about, you know, a potential trade between Team A and Team B, now everybody's thinking about the NFL again, so they don't care about tampering. They just have to act like they do. That's the way yeah. I feel. I mean – Because you I see this – you see – you see now on the first day of legal tampering, it starts at four o'clock Eastern time. And then by four Oh two, you've got three dudes that have already verbally agreed to deals with teams. It's like, so they had that shit done two days yeah, ago. They were just waiting. They already, they, already, they already had the contract worked out and everything and the terms. You just can't legally sign until that day. Right. So I feel like most of that stuff is just, that's just timelines where they can release certain news. I think it never stops. I don't. There's not an off season in the NFL. I'm sure that you know that better than anybody. Yeah, no, nah, but it's just like any other policy. You can change it any time. Just like you know, they make the rules to when they wanted to stop the COVID testing, they stopped it, right? So they can continue to do it. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's just because nobody wanted to watch backups in the playoffs, like. You, I'm not knocking any player in the NFL. Like I said, man, I'm on my couch watching the NFL, but nobody wants to watch these third string and backup quarterbacks start playoff games because they were in a meeting room with a guy in the NFL knew that they knew they weren't going to mess with the money. That's why week 18 dudes were out because of COVID. And then the first week of the playoffs wild card round, they said, we're going to stop testing. Like it is what it is. Money <laughs> like, driver, man. They, they control what they want to control, man. It's yeah. a control mafia, man. The NFL control mafia, 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 mafia. <laughs> well, see, this is crazy because my dad was my dad was actually a um, he was a police officer around here for for twenty years, and he retired. And he had a buddy that was uh, he was a Nike scout. He worked for Nike. And he alleged, he supposedly had these connections with like the NFL that was going to get my dad like an NFL job, but like he could never work the Bengals because my dad was a former Bengals season ticket holder. But he they were talking about how crazy it is. Like you as a player can get fined because your socks don't meet your knees right in your uniform. Like that was there was stuff that they hire these dudes into these stadiums to be like, all right, that guy's got a uniform violation because of his socks. Like it's oh, that yeah. crazy. And that fine comes. It comes. That's, that, that's that wild to me. 
It's wild, but it's the truth, man. It's crazy how that shit happens all the time. Um, they call we call them the uniform police. You know, they always on the sideline marking everything. They give you a warning. That's the thing, but some guys don't care. Like guys like Chad, he didn't care. He got a fine every week. You know what I mean? Um, I got the Ocho jersey hanging up right over there. Yeah, man. It's mainly your your, your DBs. It's your DBs and wide receivers that get the fines all the time for uniform policy. They always want to look. You know, they're the prima donnas. And with them, and fines go to charity, right? Ah, uh, yeah, that's what they say. But you don't ever know what charity it goes to because you should be able to choose what charity it goes to. But you know, each team does different things, different ways. You know, speaking of charities, uh, my charity actually has something coming up here pretty soon too. The uh, Sean Smith Ninety One Ways Foundation. Um, we have Read Across America on March second. Um, we're going to go to a public school or elementary school here in Dallas. Me and a couple of my guys, uh, LJ Carla from the Seattle Seahawks, uh, Justin, Justin Medibike from the Ravens, um, Brendan Fajoko from the Chargers, uh, the two of the rookies, that's a rookie this year, PV and Hansford, and uh, a couple of people from Team Sports Agency from the agency are going to go read to some kids in the low-income areas. For the day, for a couple, reach a couple classes, and just you know, keep promoting childhood literacy. I think that's awesome, man. I love when players do it, and I love when former players continue to do it because you know you're not in the NFL spotlight anymore. A lot of those dudes could just stop doing it because the cameras aren't going to pick it up, and you know they're not going to look good. I love it when players keep doing that. Like I loved hearing about Whitworth when he got his Walter. Yeah, when he got walked that, that was like that was that was major. That was huge. You know what I mean? I feel like that was a big. I feel like that was a big statement right then when Whitworth got his uh, accolades for that. You know, just yeah. So like, and and you know, players do Joe Pac Man Jones. I actually I talk to Pac Man every now and then on Instagram. We're like Instagram friends. Like Pac Man Jones and Perfect, they were always in the news for you know the bad reasons. They were the problem children and all that. But every year in Cincinnati, they loaded up trucks full of bikes, and went you know brought kids from like low income areas and and situations like that and gave them out. Joe Mixon actually kind of carried that on in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon still does that every Christmas. Um, and, and sometimes those things, I don't think they get the publication that they deserve. Now, I know a lot of players aren't doing it because they want it to be on TV. But I, I do think that, you know, you guys continue to do that. You continuing to use your NFL connections to to bring current players into those things. I think that's awesome. And I think that, you know, the NFL and just media everywhere should should pay a little bit more attention to that instead of yeah, you know, they don't trying to figure out. But I don't do it. Like, I – Man, I've been doing this from when I was in college. I don't do this shit for no attention or nothing. I do it from the kindness of my heart. Um, I'm in the process also with these little libraries, buying little libraries, building them, and putting them in the, in the low income areas so kids can have a place to go to the book, get a book and read. You know, everybody can't have the transportation to go to the ride to the library. You know what I mean? And just, right. just in the neighborhood, you know, I feel like if you take care of your neighborhood and your community, it'll be a lot more safer than, you know, this is where you. This is what you asked. Why not get back into your community? Yeah, and that's why I like I, I, I just finished up a six year run of coaching peewee football and I, I got started because my nephew was playing, but like that's the cool thing. Like I, I don't have you know NFL connections or you know NFL paychecks, but like I could do something, you know, and, and you know, I, I bought kids equipment, gave kids rides, 
You know, yeah, some kids you know, don't it's, have it's a dad at home. You they, know what I mean? Sometimes you're a mentor, you're a father figure, you're, you're everything to these kids, and they look up to you. Like, even now that I don't play no more, kids still happy to know, oh, man, you're an NFL, former NFL player. You played. So how was it? Like, did you make a lot yeah. of money? Oh, who, who's the most famous person you played with? How was that? Was they, you know, it's just, it's funny, but it, it's, it's, it's the truth, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, and I think that's cool. You know, we, we live completely different lives. We're in different sides of the country, but yeah, everybody can find some kind of way to make where they live or what they do better. And I think, you know, whether it's volunteering your time to, you know, coach a youth football team or, you know, getting, you know, projects together to help fund literacy and getting books to people. I think that is, that is incredibly dope. And that's one of the best things that I think NFL players are able to do off the field is, is make that impact because, you get on, you know, a, a podcast or a video and start talking about something. People are going to listen a little bit more than if I get on there and start talking about it. Most definitely not. But you got a voice, you know, just like different things picking up for you. Just look how quick things picked up for you. And you didn't even have to do much, bro. Just right. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm working. I'm just, just beyond your hard work is paying off, bro. You, you, you didn't even fully work with me and look what happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So. We didn't even, matter of fact, we didn't even have a, a show done yet and, and got you plugged in. So, you know what I mean? It's just about <laughs> when you treat people good and right, things, good things, you get your blessings, man. That's the way I always see it. So that's why I do the stuff out of the kindness of my heart because you got to put the work in now to receive the fruits and labor of everything else later on. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, now, let's kind of switch gears a little bit because, you know, you're talking about the goodness of your heart. Let's talk about some some badness of the heart we saw in college basketball the other day, man. What in the world? Jawan Howard throwing hands. Yeah, he was throwing hands, but I'm not even mad at him. I I, I got a little grief from guys. Uh, one of my buddies, Eric Warford, hit me with a text. Like, I almost told you to take that tweet down. I'm just like, why? I said, he's my hero. I said, that's the problem with the world today. People do things, and then you wonder why, like, you can't beat their ass for it. Like, what, what's wrong with it? <laughs> Like everything was, yeah, Juwan, you shouldn't have been mad. You shouldn't, you don't be mad because they call a timeout. You getting blown, you just blowing you out. It was the principle with him, and not only just that, though. Even after that, it was, yeah, he's going to shake hands. But when the coach put his hands to stop his, put his hands on his chest to stop him from going forward, then it's a problem because then I, I got to protect myself. Yeah, he was trying to walk away. He said, "I'm gonna remember that shit." But he was yeah. trying to keep walking, and the other coach like like stopped him. That's kind of what well, I was thinking. I'm like, hold on, man. Then grabbed his hand, so it was like I'm defense mode. Then the other assistant coach came up, and I'm just like, oh, bro, you know, you know what I mean. And like I told people, he's finally live live the consequences regardless. You know what I mean? He does, if he doesn't coach oh, yeah. no more, he's 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 straight. Come on, man. He played in uh, NBA for how long? Well, I mean, what? what, what yeah, what, he's what, paid. You know what I mean? So he, he, you know, and I'm like people saying, "Oh, he's supposed to be a leader of a team." Yeah, he's a leader of a team. Shit, you see his team, his players are ready to scrap and ready for him. So that lets you know yep. you want your player to run through a brick wall. That lets you know he's he's doing positive stuff with them kids and everything. It was just kind of erratic to me that when they was when they were saying, "Oh man, he should be," I'm like, "Bro, relax. What would you do?" Because we the thing is. People hide behind their jobs and all this stuff, but in the real world, if you put your hands on a man outside in the street, you get your ass beat. 
Period. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, he's supposed to lead those kids and everything. But if I'm walking through the mall, I've got my daughter with me and somebody starts putting their hands on me. I, I have to show my daughter that in this world, you have to stand up for yourself also. Yeah. Defense mode. Defense mode. You, you know, coaches are going to argue. They're going to go back and forth. In the press conference too, though. That was the crazy part of it. He said it. He, got, he put his hands on him. That, that's why I don't think it's that big of a deal because I mean, and let's be, let's be real. Everybody said he threw a punch. He, his hand was open. He hit him with an open hand and like pushed his head. When you listen to that, he just mushed him. Yeah. He mushed like him. he didn't he punch didn't, that guy. No, nah, he didn't really get him how he really wanted to get him. So, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like if if he really wanted to punch him, he would have he would have closed his fist and, and delivered. But I don't know. I, I understand that he's going to get in some trouble. The NCAA has to do something. Michigan probably has to do something for the optics of the situation. But that I'm not as mad about it as everybody else seems. Oh, they made it such a big deal. All right, he's 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 I uh, suspend him before the tournament. Okay. Yeah, five games or something. I don't know. We got March Madness coming up. Come on, man. He's bringing back ever, to the program we play there. So, you ever seen the NFL coaches like really get into it in a post game? Like, I remember Jim Harbaugh and Jim Schwartz when Harbaugh was with the Niners and Schwartz was in Detroit. That was kind of heated. You ever see any like real nasty like post game arguments with coaches like at midfield? Uh, nah, not at midfield or nothing like that. You just knew coaches didn't have the respect for a person, they'll talk shit about them in the locker room. Like they hate that. Yeah, because I got. I know Marvin Lewis wasn't going out there starting shit or anything at the fifty, but I didn't. Nah, know. Marv was a cool dude, but Marv talked his shit though. He talked his shit, and he he, he 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 was a good coach. You know what I mean? He just was different. You know what I mean? He's just different. I, I didn't know. Like I've seen some like some some tough handshakes and stuff like that, but I've never seen two dudes get into it like that. And in, in the NFL, I, I would like to see like. I want to see Andy Reid fight somebody. I want to see Andy Reid just real pissed off at somebody one day. Uh, but I don't think that I don't think I don't think Andy Reid. <laughs> nah, you know what? It got to be a young coach. It can't be Andy Reid. I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah, it can't. It, it, it wouldn't be an old coach. It'd be a young coach right now that you'll see your. Uh, you know what I mean? I we had we had uh, John Harbaugh and Zach Taylor get into it a little bit uh this past year in the second game. Baltimore had a lot of dudes hurt, a lot of dudes on COVID, and uh Joe Burrow threw like a 50-yard bomb to Joe Mixon when we were up like 20 points right at the end, and John Harbaugh was a little pissed off about that. But Wink Martindale had been talking shit about Joe Burrow, so Joe Burrow put the record on him. Franchise record passing yards. I think that's why they did it. Oh yeah, most definitely. And that's what team. That's when coaches don't like you, and that, that's kind of what kind of withdrew to uh, Jawan Hearn. Jawan yeah, Howard, you know what I mean? That's, that's just what happens. It's like, because now, from now on, Michigan is going to always remember that, so now they have a rivalry. It's always going to be a problem. Always. Yeah, and yeah, they're, they're going to see each other again, probably in the Big Ten tournament, Like, and it's not going to be too long from now. You know, those little things always stick. No, you're right. Totally right. Totally right. So it's gonna be interesting, man. But I, I, I'm, I'm. It's gonna be interesting to see what they, what compliance do, the NCAA do, and all that. So, see what happens. See what happens, man. But 
I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if any big sanctions happen like that. No, I could see him sitting a couple games, and that's probably about it. Because I don't think Michigan wants to lose their coach right before the tournament. I don't think they're going to do it. And I just, I, I can't see. I, don't, I don't know. I, I if anybody's going to do anything that I think is too much, it'll be the NCAA. I don't think it'll be the University of Michigan. No, it's just, yeah, it's just going to be shocking to see what happens. That's all. I just, just shocked to see what happens. So, but. yeah, we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, we we'll see how it plays out, and everything will work itself out. Um, but you know, hey, it's basketball, right? You gonna have a celebrity boxing match now? <laughs> you <gonna> capitalize <laughs> off of that? <laughs> yeah, after your career, do do one of the things that Jake Paul and them's doing. Get all, all that all that damn money. Yeah, because they're winning. They're winning doing that, man. But, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Everybody hates him and talks shit about him, and he's not a real boxer. I don't think he cares, bro. He's getting millions of dollars for this. Like, he doesn't care if you think he's a real boxer. No, he doesn't. It's about the money. <laughs> Show me the money. You heard Jerry Maguire. But I would hop in an octagon with a UFC star right now and let him knock me slick the hell out for a million dollars. For a million? Yeah. What about 500k? I don't know about like a punch to the face. Maybe like maybe take a rib, rib shot. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna have to spend probably a hundred thousand on fixing my face. Insurance. I don't think my policy is that good. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> I have, to, I have to read up on it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that's um that that that's that's just crazy. Um with that being said, let's get ready to wrap out as we fine tune this come down to the end of the show, towards the end of the show. Do you have your predictions for the Super Bowl next year? Who will be in the Super Way Bowl? Way too early Super Bowl predictions. Now, obviously, a lot can change with the draft and free agency and all of that. But if I had to pick right now, I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, goes to the Super Bowl, and, and then he's, he's going to retire after next year. I think win or lose. But I think he's going to get Green Bay to the Super Bowl, and they're going to play the Buffalo Bills. As much as I want to say the Bengals will be right back, a lot of Bengals fans on my Twitter are like, oh, it's cool. We'll go back next year. Like, you don't get how hard it is to get here. I don't know. It's hard to even make it to the playoffs, let alone. Yeah, it's hard to win your division. Yeah. So I, I got Packers against the Bills. I personally like Aaron Rodgers a lot. I know a lot of he's been a target of a lot of people kind of hating on him. I've always liked Aaron Rodgers a lot. And I, I, I like Aaron Rodgers even more now that he's in the, like the later years and he's just going to say whatever the hell he wants to say. I think that's dope. So I'm going to say the Packers beat the Bills. The Packers and the Bills. Wowzers. That's my, early, that's my early pick. Your early Who pick, man. I'm going to say Kansas City and I think the Rams have the chance to make it back. See, I thought about picking the Rams, but I, I got to see how Odell comes off an of injury if he stays. I got to see if they re-sign Von Miller. See, they got a lot of those. They got a lot of those late in the career star guys at the end of these deals. I got to see who they bring back and how they 
they maneuver without having a draft pick because they don't have a, they don't have a first round draft pick till I think 2024. So I want to see how they kind of navigate that before I pick them. But they're going to be in it. They're definitely going to be in the mix. Perfectly, perfectly, perfect. We we'll see what happens. See what happens. We will see what happens. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be the closing out of the three point stands with Sean Smith and my lovely co host. Drew Garrison, man. Join us for episode three next week where we have a mystery guest. Uh, Uh-oh. I don't want to tell y'all about who it's going to be, but we'll let you guys know sooner or later when, it, when you check in and tune in. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, sir. We'll have a good night, man. I'll, we'll talk to everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It's going down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.